Amen. Great to see you all today. Really good. And I do have to say, I was really proud of it going last week. You did so good. You did so good. It was just a lovely family time. Um, just before we preach, just a little update. We have said we'll keep you up to date on our search for a new pastor. I don't know what that noise was, but there you go. I think there might be a dog in the building somewhere. Um, and last week, oddly enough, um, someone had heard from someone in another church that would already interviewed a couple and turned them down. So can I just say that that is just one of those Chinese whisper type of rumors and that we haven't interviewed anybody. We haven't had a name to consider as yet. But don't let that concern you because to be honest, I'd love to stand here and say, yes, this guy's coming and he's starting on Sunday. We are looking to God for a new minister, but God isn't searching because God already has somebody in mind. So we just need to keep on praying as a church that those circumstances that God clearly needs to bring together will come to pass. God will not fail. The right person will come at the right time. So let's just pray before we go to the word of God. Father, I just thank you that you have all things in your hands, that we are not forgotten. You haven't abandoned us, Lord, that you have a plan for us here in Acorn. And Father, I just pray as we turn to your word, Lord, that you will speak to us and help us to hear the bits that are for us, Lord, that you really need to speak deep in our hearts. And we just give the Holy Spirit freedom to do that today. Amen. Imagine there was a time when things weren't as good as they used to be. Imagine there was a time... Oh, can, some, can somebody just come and turn that mic off, please? Sorry. Thanks, Alan. Imagine there was a time when whatever the church tried to do, it just didn't succeed, in your opinion. Imagine feeling hopeless to do anything to make things better. Imagine thinking, where's God? Maybe you've had a time in your life, or even now, in your circumstances when you're thinking, where's God? Things are not how I thought they were going to be. Maybe you've been discouraged. Maybe somebody said something, or something's happened, or whatever. But your circumstances, you're thinking, where's God? Now, when you're in those circumstances, you'll always have two choices, in my experience. The first choice will come quickly, straight away to you, and that choice will be, give up, leave, hide. That's your easiest option. The second option, which is more difficult, will be stand. Believe the promises of God. Keep on doing what you're doing. Do the right thing and believe God and his word. But imagine if you were hiding away and God turned up and spoke to you. Wow. Wouldn't that just change everything? Wouldn't you suddenly be full of confidence? And today, 
We're going to look at someone who was in that very situation. We're going back to the Old Testament, to the book of Judges, which is just a few books in, if you've got your Bibles. We're not going to have the words of just yet, but I'll put them on in a minute. We're going to look at someone in that situation. At the time when he was living, Moses had already led the people out of Egypt, and God had done amazing things then. Moses had led them to the promised land, and then Joshua had led them into the promised land and done amazing things. But now, things weren't going well. A new, that generation had passed, another generation had come along. The people were not meeting together to pray. They weren't meeting together to worship. They didn't really share fellowship. They were just frightened, and the enemy was all around. Everything they tried failed. If they grew crops, the enemy took them away. If they reared animals, the enemy stole them. And that's where we're going to meet Gideon. Now, when Joshua led them into the promised land, when he knew his time was ending, he gave them some lovely verses. There's some lovely verses in the book of encouragement to God's people. Joshua said, Be strong. Be careful to obey everything that's written in the book and the law of Moses and don't turn aside to the right or to the left. And he also said, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of the good promises the Lord your God has given you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. What an amazing encouragement to give people. But of course Joshua dies the next generation grow up and forget. Trouble comes. Trouble comes in like a flood. And eventually, they call to God for help. And a prophet comes along and says, well, you've, you've done exactly what I told God told you not to do. And they started even to worship false gods. And then along comes Gideon. He's hiding. We'll read Judges. We'll read a bit of the story. We're starting at verse 11. Thank you. A bit dry today. We're going to start at verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abysrite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where's all the wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all those Midianites together. And Gideon said, if I found favor in your eyes, Give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. 
don't, please don't go away till I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait till you return. And Gideon went and prepared a goat from an ephra flour he made with bread without yeast. He put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot and he brought them out and offered to him under the oak. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. And with the tip of the staff that it was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire fled from a rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, he said, Sovereign Lord, I have seen the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, Please, don't be frightened. You're not going to die. God says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And you know, Gideon makes no comment about that. The first comment, the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, well, where have you been all this time? <laughs> Isn't that just sometimes like us? He's hiding away. He's not doing what he should be doing. He's trying to thresh wheat in a wine press so the enemy cannot see it. He won't be very successful. Well, where have you been all this time? We felt abandoned. Straight to the negative. Despite that, God says, go on the strength you have. Am I not sending you? Just like, you know, in John, when Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Recently, I had a coffee with a friend, and she was saying that when she became a Christian when she was young, she thought that as she got older, when she got old, she would be like a perfect Christian. And she'd have everything sussed. But she says, you know, I've realized the older I get, the more frailty I see. But actually, I thought that was quite a sign of maturity. You know, because as we go through our Christian life, like John the Baptist said, he must become greater and we must become less. With God, all things are possible, but not, not on your own. It's not dependent on your education or your ability. It's all about the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It's not always the cleverest person that God chooses. Guys, it's not always the person who you think it's going to be. Sometimes it is you. Sometimes it's somebody else to do that task and you're thinking, good grief, I could do that better than them standing on my head. But it's down to God, isn't it? But Gideon's full of doubt. How can I save Israel? My tribe, my clan are the smallest, and I am the least. He's absolutely not took any notice when God called him a mighty warrior, because he feels like that. The Lord says, I'll be with you. That's how you're going to do it. We'll do it together. Just like he told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened and don't be dismayed because the Lord's with you wherever you go. In the very last verse in Matthew's gospel where Jesus says, I am with you 
always right to the end. But Gideon is full of doubt, so he says, I need a sign. I need a sign so I know it's you. I'm going to go off and find some stuff to make an offering with. And that there's a lovely verse in verse 18 where it says, Gideon says, will you not go away till I come back and bring me offering? And the Lord says, I will wait till you return. I have read that verse before. But when I read that recently, I will wait till you return. Wow. I think God's saying that to us, guys. As a church, and to you as an individual, I will wait till you return. You know, when I was a young Christian in my teens many years ago, I lived at home and I was always at church and my family weren't Christians and my mum and dad hated the fact that I went to church. Honest, I think they would have, well, I don't know what they would have preferred, but there you go. They hated it. So even when I grew up through my teens, they set curfews. Now, for me to get to church, I lived in Sunderland. I don't know whether you can tell by the accent. I'm, I've been forgiven for that, though. I'm all right. Um, I had to get two buses to church and then, obviously, two buses home. Too young to drive. Didn't have a car anyway. Anyway, so sometimes getting home for the tight curfew that my parents set which I'm telling you now was sneakily early, was really difficult. So I, I had to go out of the meetings before they'd finished. Because I tried to honour my parents to get the bus. But sometimes, you know what buses are like? Well, you get buses to work. You know, if they're late or they don't turn up or you miss your connection, and I would be late home. And my mum would be waiting. That is one of a memory that will never leave my mum. I had to walk the length of the street. Our house is at the top, a terrace street. And even though normally they would stay up really late, on the night I was at church, that would be an early night night, and she'd be in the street with her nightie and her dressing gown and her slippers. <sighs> Where have you been? Where have you been? Look at the time. I thought you were dead. I thought you'd been murdered. She waited for me, but I dreaded getting home because I knew I was in big trouble. But when the Lord says he's waiting... I picture it like this. I'm just waiting. Come on. Come on. I'm just waiting. Come out of your hidey hole. I'm just waiting. I've got a tremendous thing to do through you. You are not too old. You are not too young. You are just what I'm looking for. Come on. And I really feel like that God is trying to encourage us. You haven't missed your opportunity. So the first thing God asked Gideon to do is to pull down an altar that his dad had built to a false god and make an offering to God. So Gideon does, mind he, he doesn't in the night. He's, but, you know, I'll give him that. So he does it. He takes his first step and what happens? God, the situation gets worse. Would you believe it? He's almost killed. He has to be rescued. The enemies that are in the lands around them form packs and they all invade and they're in a worse situation now than they were when he was hiding in the wine press. But in verse 33, 
something wonderful happens. You might think you're in a situation that's worse than before, but you're not without God. Verse 33, now the Midianites and Macallan, or all the other enemies, <laughs> that you clever people can say, and all the other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezeel. And verse 34 is a lovely verse tucked in here. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. The spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. His faith was about that big. His doubts were this many. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Now he's ready. Now he's almost a warrior. Don't go by what other people say you are. Don't go by what you think you are. Look at what God says you are. Gideon gets a trumpet and he blows it. And he calls for people to come and join him. And 32,000 guys turn up. Wow. Do you know what we've got there? For this one guy who we would probably think wasn't up to the job. For this one guy with his doubts. Do you know what we've got there? With this one guy who's got the Holy Spirit. We've got to move. We've got to move with God. Those 32,000 people were all hiding. And suddenly they're out. But now we come to the bit that you'll all know about Gideon. He's still got his doubts. He's still not there yet. But thankfully, we have a God who understands our weaknesses. We have a Father God who loves us and supports us. And Gideon says, If you think you're really going to help me to defeat the enemy... I'm going to need another sign. I'm going to need another sign. I'm sorry. I'm going to... Do you know, he knew what Moses had written. You weren't supposed to put God to the test, but I'm going to need another sign. So he gets a fleece out. You've heard of that, putting a fleece out. He gets his fleece, a little wool fleece. He puts it on the... Where the thresh and the wheat, on the threshing ground. He's not hiding now. That's a good... He's making progress. He puts it out and he says, God, if I come back in the morning and this fleece is really wet with dew and all the ground around it's dry, yeah, I'll believe you. See, he knew what God wanted him to do. He didn't need a sign to know what he had to do. He needed a sign because he wasn't believing God's word. He didn't trust God. But Father God gave him that sign. And the next day, he looked, and the fleece was soaking. He wringed it out. He got a bowl full of water. It was soaking, and the ground around it was dry. It was a miracle. Yeah! That's it. That's all he needed? Hang on. And he actually says, Now, don't be angry, God. But... I'm going to need another sign. Do you know, if we had someone like that here heading up a ministry in the church, would probably be going, we'll need them out. 
But God had anointed him for a job. God had anointed him for a job. God, I'm going to put the fleece out again. And this time, if the fleece could be dry in the morning and the ground could be wet, I would appreciate that. That's my paraphrase. But isn't that how we treat God sometimes? So the next morning he comes down and the fleece is dry and the ground's wet. Isn't God good? Isn't he kind? Isn't he gracious? Isn't he just standing there saying, I'm waiting. He's got 32,000 guys. He's got all these signs answered. Do you know what? Maybe he's a, I'm a warrior. Maybe we're going to defeat the enemy. And God says, hang on. Hang on. You're not going into battle with 32,000 guys. I'll know exactly what will happen then. It'll be your doing. You did it. It was your victory. Mm -mm. Too many. It's not always about the numbers. Get the message out and say to those 32,000 guys, if anyone's got any doubts, if you're not happy, if you're a bit frightened, you can go home. And 22,000 leave. Oh, 22,000. But hang on, I've got 10,000. I've got 10,000 guys. God said, that's still too many, Gideon. I really need you to trust me and know the power of God. Take those guys down to the river to have a drink. And all the ones that just dip their heads in and drink like animals, send them home. And the ones who stay alert, use their hands, drink like this, keep them. And he's left with 300. He's gone from 32,000 to 300. Gideon, with all his doubts, with all of his needs for signs, is left with 300. That verse from Joshua, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Do we know that? Do you believe that in your heart and soul when things look like there's not enough? There's not enough here to accomplish what God wants to do. Do you believe in your heart and soul that God keeps his promises? Do you believe in Philippians where it says, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion? We're not meant to be hiding away. We're meant to be standing together. It's not always easy. But this is a spiritual battle. Sometimes we rely on numbers. But we need to rely on the word of God. And we need to believe that God does. Is going to do what he's promised he's going to do. In Chronicles, when a different king was facing a battle... God said there, don't be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army, for the battle is not yours, it's God's. And in Zechariah, there's that lovely verse, not by might, 
not by strength, but by my... I'm just going to read a couple of verses from Ephesians, which I feel we need to hear. Ephesians 6, when it's talking about the armour of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord. You are a mighty warrior. You might not feel like it, but that's how God sees you. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. Wow. We've got an almighty God who can do anything. He is mighty and he is able and he can use a small number of people to accomplish great things. Great, great things. Take him at his word. No matter what your circumstance, take him at his word. Gideon was full of doubts and needed signs. But you know that lovely chapter in Hebrews that lists all the tremendous people of faith in the Old Testament. Gideon's in there. But he had. He did have some faith. God doesn't expect you to have faith this side. He just expects you to believe in his word. And be a part of what he's doing. And not hide away. Just going to go back to that verse. When the Lord says. You ask God to wait. And the Lord says. I will wait till you return. Guys you have not missed the chance. You have not missed your opportunity. There is more. For each of us. And the Lord is saying, I'm waiting. And he is able. Opportunity has not slipped you by. We need to rely on his word. You know, a little few years ago when I was, had the thought that I might like to retire from work. I mean, who wouldn't like to retire from work? We all would. And I do believe that you need to work. So if you are working out here, I'm not suggesting that you all run, hand your notice in and retire. Um, I think I've worked for about 40 years altogether now. But I felt God wanted me, had something different. And he spoke to me about that. But I'll be honest, I had doubts. G giving up a salary is a big thing. And I do expect God expects you to, when you can, to work and provide for your family and all that. That's right. But in my circumstance, I felt that God was saying... You're going to need to get round to leaving that job because I've got something different. And I didn't know whether it was something different with the same company or whether it was something different completely. And I remember last year, I visited a church on holiday. You will never have done this, but to my shame, I'm a bit normally false. I said, God, I'm going to a different church. Nobody knows me. Can you give somebody a word about the... <laughs> Good job, God's gracious, isn't it? He must laugh. He must have had a laugh at me at times. 
can you give someone a word? Well, do you know, I didn't get a word. <laughs> but what I did get was a clear, a clear word from God in my heart. Because, you see, I had been thinking, if I give up work, well, how are we going to afford all John's guitars? No, no, I didn't think that. <laughs> I didn't think that. Well, I didn't, no, I didn't. But, you know, you have to, you know, look after your family and all that. So what about the bills? And I did my little spreadsheet. Where's Stuart? Is he in? Stuart, you would have been ashamed of my spreadsheet because he does spreadsheets for the government. He's very clever. Anyway, and what came to me in that meeting, in that worship time, as clear as day is this. Sheila, it's not about whether those numbers add up. It's about, do you think I can look after you? Well, I wanted a word, but do you think I can look after you? Do you know, I still sat on that for a while. And then the circumstances last year came, which I don't need to go into, but stuff happened. Um, and then at Easter, I got an illness. Nothing like Becky. Don't get worried. I just was ill, but I felt really ill, you know, when you feel sorry for yourself. And in that moment, I thought, oh, if I don't hand my notice in now and retire, I think God's going to send a plague or something. How many signs do I need? So I did. There you go. Do I look any different? Because I've been retired for three weeks now. There you go. You don't always know the why and the what. You just need to follow. So, yes, so, what's God calling you to do? Please don't go away and say, it's just telling me to retire because I'm not. <laughs> Maybe it's in 40 years you might be, but I'm not. I'm just saying that the Lord is waiting and he's got something more for you to bless you, to bless the church. And what you're hiding away don't want you making that decision. You want you standing strong. You haven't missed a chance. Opportunity has not slipped by. Everything that you need to know is in here. He just wants you to be your servant. So let's not try and be on the enemy's side. With, you know, let's try and support each other. We don't want to discourage each other or we don't want to be critical. We want to look at what God's doing and we want people to be blessed and we want his kingdom to be built here. And it's all about the Holy Spirit. When that Holy Spirit fell on Gideon, that's what got the victory. So like Susan said, if there's a tsunami coming here, it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God's looking for people who will stand on his word and believe his promises and be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Charlie's going to come and sing. If you feel, like always, guys, if you feel that you've been hiding or you've missed your opportunities, then please come out for prayer. If you feel that you are following God and the Holy Spirit has anointed you and you just want an increase of that anointing, then come out and some of us will pray with you. Because God is interested in building his kingdom and he's interested in you 
If Gideon can say, hang on a minute, just hang on, God totally understands your situation and is here to anoint, to bless, to move, and to build his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen.